Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Welcome to the Lovability Show. It's Friday, everybody, and uh, we are sorry we're running just a couple minutes minutes late, uh, but better late than never. Uh, So we've got a great show planned today for you. uh, And just a quick announcement, we are switching to Fridays from now on. So we will be Friday at noon from this point on. I am so excited and thrilled that we get to move to Friday. Uh, So all this uh, fun advice for love and dating and relationships uh, is is right in your brain right before the weekend when you start going out on your dates. Uh, so hope you guys are excited. Put it on your calendar and join us each Friday. Uh, we also have Match Made in Dallas coming up. Uh, so be watching for announcements on my page for that. We've got a great bachelor and three bachelorettes uh, all set up for them. That's going to be a blast for us, our Dallas's own version of the bachelor and bachelorette show. Uh, and so today... I have a special guest with me. It is Bradley Richardson. Uh, He is in Atlanta, Georgia. He's Zooming in with us today. And Bradley is going to talk to us. He's put some fun little programs together. Uh, He's dabbled in the dating uh, industry, but but he's put up some fun little programs together. And one of those uh, that he had put together and we, of course, embellished on uh, was uh, how to know if a guy is a keeper. Uh, so, and guys, of course, I want for you to join in on the conversation too. I, I assume that we're going to have to also do one on how to know if a girl is a keeper as well. Uh, I've certainly gotten some good comments from you guys this week about uh, that since I posted. Uh, so uh, without further ado, Bradley, hello. Welcome to the Lovability Show. Hi, thanks for having me. There you are. There you are. Uh, so Bradley, uh, I I love your content. So uh, you, uh, like I have mentioned to the audience, you have dabbled in the dating world a little bit here uh, with some fun stuff. Haven't really yeah. launched it, haven't really gone forward with it, but here we are with the platform for it. So let's play today. Uh, so, so let's start out. Uh, I, I don't know what motivated you to do this, but it really doesn't matter. It's a great list. Let's, you hit your list for the ladies was why they were dating them. So how to, how to recognize whether a guy is a keeper when you've gone on your first date, second date, third date. So initially ladies. So, uh, so let's play there and start there, Bradley, if you, if you would on number one. Well, yeah, actually, it's funny the how this whole thing came about, and, and you mentioned that as, as a dabbler. Um, I, I dabbled in the content side of it, but I've been, um, I lived in Dallas almost 25 years, and I was full full bore into it, having practiced a lot of this. So it's not theory, it's actually living it and doing it. And uh, I've been a good guy, and I've been a bad guy as well, so I know kind of what Thank you. Thank you for thank you for saying that because that is one thing, ladies, that I love that he does bring to the table is this immense amount of experience. So he, like so many of us at times in our life, you know, had that breakup and then just went full on into crazy dating mode. And and this is from his crazy dating mode for the most part. So uh, but it's great. I mean, it's super stuff. You guys are gonna love it. So let's jump in. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I think sometimes there's so much about determining whether a guy's going to be open up. And I think everybody's on their best behavior or supposed to be on their best behavior um, when they're dating. That's really on your first couple of dates. Anyway, I spent almost 20 years as a headhunter, an executive recruiter. And part of what I did professionally was being able to figure out if someone's totally full of crap or not in an interview, because everybody's being great in an interview. And it's a lot of the same things apply and how do you peel back the onion when they're dating as well. And so when you're doing this, um, a lot of it is how do you evaluate, one, if there's chemistry. Well, today what we're gonna talk about is kind of how, not just chemistry and do I wanna see this person again, but some of these things on, are they worth keeping to see a second, third date or more? And a lot of what we're gonna talk about is some of its manners and some of it is is going beyond. But um, you know, and we talked about this, it's so simple. So some of these things, you know, folks are remarkably simple, but, um, you're going to know if they don't do them. And if you don't, if you hate what they're doing now, it doesn't get any better. If you hate it now, you're really going to hate it in three months. Um, the first one I think is like, if you're meeting someone out, did they, hey, did they walk into your car? 
I mean, look, we things aren't safe now. And so did you meet him out at Legacy or somewhere like that? And did they, did you get valet? Did he completely pack your ass and go to the parking lot and leave you, you know, wanting to pay your valet and twisting in the wind with the ticket? Or did he actually wait for you, take care of it? Or walk you to your car and make sure that you're safe? That sounds so simple, but Jen, you and I were talking about, we know people who are worth gazillions of dollars and CEOs and sophisticated guys who don't do something as simple as that. Um, just make sure your, your basic safety is, is concerned. Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking about that opening the door, and I'm sure we were just about to lead into this, but I had a woman that told me she was out on a date, and she valeted, and uh, he, I guess, parked, and so when the date was over, he said goodnight to her at the valet, so he didn't wait for her to get her car. He just went to his car and let her wait by herself at the valet. Sure. And uh, that is poor behavior, gentlemen. <laughs> it's so simple. That's the thing is, is it's, you know, most people, most guys, if you're a gentleman, and granted, I'm fifth generation Texan. I mean, I kind of was raised this way. I buy into this, but that's just good behavior. Yet so many guys don't do that. I think another one too, um, you know, did, did he text you to make sure you got home safely? Right. You know, just something as simple as that. whether you want to see them again or not, just that simple act of, hey, did you get home safe? Common courtesy. And and guys, good women, the good women want that and they expect that. And, you know, it, it's not that it's a total, it may not be a total deal breaker, but I can promise you she's notated it. So it it she's made a notation and she's going to keep making notations. Hopefully she's also making notations to the great things that you did, but she's also notating those those are big deals so okay thank you let's go, let's go to the next one well it's so funny jen that, that so many of these things and i'm sure some of the guys you know listening to this are well if they're doing them they're going well amen of course i do that that's what you do right if some guy is rolling his eyes thinking oh this is just totally full of crap well dude you're right it may not be a deal breaker but the bar is so remarkably low i think that's one of the things i discovered out there and I, I had a lot of uh, female friends and I talked to as well. I'm stunned at how low the bar is of what some guys don't do. And you're like, oh my God, not saying that mediocre, being mediocre wins, but Jesus, if you at least go, you know, this plus, you're that much further ahead than most of the guys. Yeah. And, so. and if you don't mind me uh, popping in here, I know I have said this to you and I, you ladies have said it to me. I think when a guy does show up with manners sometimes and does the right things, it almost shocks some women. Uh, right. Ladies, if it shocks you, you're dating the wrong men. It shouldn't shock you. Uh, but often it does because there's so much poor behavior out there. And I'll be the first to say as a, as a woman, ladies, don't, don't allow it. You know, do not allow it and they will stop. But as long as you're allowing that poor behavior, they're going to keep doing it because they're getting away with it. So there mm -hmm. you go. Oh, absolutely. I think another one of my favorites along those lines, though, is did he actually make plans? Did it, Was he an actually a grown-ass man and made a plan that you can <laughs> that they can follow through on? It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't even have to be an awesome plan. But just something rather than, um, you know, what do you want to do? Or, you know, have no idea of what you're going to do. Or do you want to hang out? And I've said this Ooh. long before. You know what? There's no grown-ass woman, no adult, sophisticated, intelligent woman, even a trailer woman. It doesn't really matter. No one just wants to hang out. Mm -hmm. Okay? Seriously, if you're an adult, that's something my college kids do. That's not what a, an adult does. Did you say so trailer woman? Early on, now, look, if you're, you've been dating for a while, of course. Go, you know, that's kind of fun. But have a plan. Just something. And one, one woman, I... I've always had plans. This is good. But one woman, I remember many years ago, she called me out on this and it was brilliant. Now, granted, I, she, um, she was foreign, which she's aggressive anyway and how she spoke. But I loved this, though. It was like, you know, it was um, before I, she beat me to the punch. She goes, so what do you have planned for us? And I would, I would challenge anyone out there. If some guy's hee-hawing around about it, you know, or, you know, just say that. What do you have planned for us? And you're going to see very quick if he has his act together. Or That's not. a great question. I mean, it really is. That would uh, definitely put a man on his toes. Uh, but I think also, as we're talking about this area of of uh, deciding whether a guy's a keeper on a first few dates, right. I think there's a lot of women out there that really want to see. It's one thing to be able to teach a man, yes, and guide a man, yes, when you're dating them. 
but you want to see what a guy has, right, uh, in store for you. You want to know who he is. So the first few dates, we should be observing and taking note. I mean, it's not our job uh, right. to do that, to have to, to train him. But at the same time, you know, if you do decide to move forward, I like yeah. that. I love what she said. And, and, uh, and that's okay. And, yeah. and a man with a plan is important. I mean, I do think there is uh, something to spontaneity and not everybody works great on plans. Um, I'm one of these, like I'm good with spontaneity, but you better have a plan once we've decided we're going to be spontaneous. <laughs> you get it. Bradley, you get that. I know you do. Um, but, uh, but, but having said that you, you've got to have some type of plan. If you, if you want to lead and not have the woman lead the relationship, then you've got to have the plan and you've got to show up as the leader. So have something you know in mind. You're exactly right. But I also think too, and speaking as a guy who's been on all sides of this and, and who knows Dallas. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to bag on Dallas for a while. It's been umpteen jillion years there. There is a propensity to, let's see, you know, one, it's on both sides, okay? Both are guilty on this, of the guys to say, okay, well, let's see how badass we can make this. And let me, you know, show you what I've got, which sucks, you know? You don't have to do that every damn time when you go out. And the other is the, you know, you can drop a boatload of money every time out there, or the expectation of, well, you know, we better be going to Del Frisco, we better be doing this and this and this. And like, you know what? I kind of like, I always, I like having a plan, but I kind of like throwing in the mix. We're going to do something kind of, kind of different, whether it's an event. And I'm not talking about something flashy in the, you know, the good time happy hour, but something that may be a little offbeat and unique that doesn't even cost a lot of money. You having a plan does not mean you got to go, you know, stand on your wallet and show them all around Dallas. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. That is very true. Although I will say being in Dallas that that uh, is not necessarily the truth. There are women that expect that uh, elaborate first date and that craziness and and uh, all, and all of the above that you just mentioned. Well, however, however, I agree, however, I agree with you in the sense that the most important thing on a first date you know, is finding a place that has ambiance. It's okay if you like to go to dives. It's okay if you like to go to places that aren't as fancy, but find a place that is romantic and has some character and has some sex appeal about it. It's totally fine to not have to go to the most expensive restaurant in town to impress a woman, but find a place where the music and the ambiance and the atmosphere and everything's going to work for, to your advantage, guys. It not only works to your advantage, but I think that it's also something that fits with your personality and your vibe. I think yes. that's a big part. Yes. If you're artsy, then do something artsy. If you are a little quirky and a little divey, okay, that, that's fine. But you know what? I also think prepping them, you know, of, okay, here's the mood I'm in right now, or hey, here's what we're doing. Well, and so I think, um, I think that's, that, that's nice. Also, I, on the plans thing, we can move on, but there's not a bad thing of, of, I think it's the questions you ask. You know, rather than being completely assumptive, I think you can lead, but you don't have to be a complete, you know, dictator about this is what we're doing here. It's like, okay, you know, um, here are a couple of choices or thoughts. Which do you prefer? Are you feeling like this or this? That's not being wishy-washy early on. That's just being kind of thoughtful. And, and, then, and if you don't mind, you know, just yeah. you're correct on that. But always, like you said, when being thoughtful, always make sure you ask the woman you know, as a matchmaker, I ask my female clients, like, where do you like to go? What do you like to do? There are some women that really don't want to dress up. Like I have some women that say, like, I don't like going to really dressy places. I'm more casual. And if you put them in a position where they had to go and dress up and and put on clothes that they're not comfortable in and high heels that they're not comfortable in, you know what I mean? Like a guy oh. needs to be comfortable in his element, but the ladies do too. So agree on that ahead of time. Well, let's redefine this, okay? Let, let, let's just call it like it is. Is this dude worth getting dressed up for and really going going to the nines? That's what it is. So um, I think that's a lot of it too, is like, especially on a first date, you know? You want to put you on your best thing, but it's like, ah, I don't know how this is going to go. So um, I think there's a lot to it. It's kind of funny. Um, what are some other ones we put in? Oh, um, the phone call. Let's talk about how you ask, like from a keeper standpoint, how a guy asks you on a date. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that in regards to uh, to deciding whether somebody is is interested in uh, intentional? 
you know, I think some people have, you know, my my personal you know, thoughts or preference on this is some people draw a hard line and saying it has to be on the phone. No, I, I don't think so. Not everybody enjoys talking on the phone. Everybody does. I think there has to be some sort of communication at some point on that. But I don't think that's like a red flag if someone doesn't do that. Specific. In my opinion, I don't think that uh, is a red flag if someone does not um, do it completely on the phone. Is it better that way? Sure. Is it a differentiator? Absolutely. But I don't think that's something of like, oh, my God, I'm sticking that back there. That's one checkbox against you. I don't think I, – I just – would it be in a perfect world? Yeah, I just think the world we live in right now, it tends to go that way. I do think that you need to communicate thoroughly. It can't be a what's up, hey's this. I mean, you need to be as detailed in your communication, whatever medium you choose to, uh, to use there. And I'm going to disagree with you. Make a phone call. Even if she doesn't like to talk on the phone, you're going to ask her on a date, you call her. Even if it does not need to be a long phone call, guys. I mean, I know some of you don't like talking on the phone. Neither do I. Uh, though... It just needs to be a connection. There needs to be a connection. If you don't pick up the phone, listen, I don't want to keep you. I wanted to be able to connect with you, you know, try to make a decision where to go. You've made that first connection. You've made your first impression. You need to do that. So pick up the phone. Don't do it via text message. I get it. We're all busy. I get it. We can all take the easy way out. Make the phone call. We'll all appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, let, let's go one. Yes. But let's take one, one other thing on this we could do. Because... It's just using this thing that is in your hand now that you're genetically you know, just attached to. You can use your voice. You can leave a message. You don't have to just give it the thumbs. You can actually use your video and do that as well. That shows a little bit of personality if you are phone phobic or you're just not going to. But something that has a connection, has some sort of voice, warmth, depth, personality to it. I think, and again, to your point, Jen, yeah, phone's great. You know, that's the number one, but something that, that shows a little warmth behind it, I think is key. Howard. A little effort, a lot of effort. Yeah. And, and so on a date, so let's talk about that thing that we hold in our hand, uh, because that was one of the points you brought up. So uh, let's talk about how a guy, I mean, we're going to make a decision of whether to hang out with him in the future. How, what is he doing with his phone? Is he looking at his phone constantly? Is he on his phone? Is he, you know, is it in his pocket? Let's talk about that a little bit from a guy's perspective. Oh yeah, absolutely. One, I don't care if it's a guy or a girl, anything. This should not be present unless, and there's two things with this. I think if they communicate, hey, I'm expecting, if, if I'm expecting something from my kids, okay, total hall pass, okay? But communicate that straight up, okay? Hey, if they, I'm, I have this here because I'm, you know, they're with a sitter or you know they're traveling or whatever the case may be, I'm expecting something. It's the only way I'll take that. Just you know, and so you know that ahead of time. Otherwise, hell, you know, it it doesn't need to be seen. You don't need to be touching that. It needs to be in your pocket. Um, you know, I, and not not even on the table. You know, just done. And surely not screen up or anything. I think you know you need to be present in the moment, right there in the game. You know, let's let's chat about that too because uh, I agree with you that it does need to be up. And even you know, I understand if you've got a sick child at home. But before we had cell phones, our like I'm alive, and my parents left me with a sitter without a cell phone on them, and they called right. to check in. I'm sure they better have anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm sure they called in to check with the sitter and make sure everything was fine. Let's, you know, it's okay to sporadically check your phone in case you're needed. Unless, of course, again, you've left a sick child, which probably somebody wouldn't, but uh, to go on a date. But uh, but having said that, and then then you think, whether it's long-term or short-term, people that, that leave their phone face down all the time, you know, so that's, that is another, you know, a keeper or not a keeper, you know, you start evaluating how, how people operate and what level of disclosure that they have. Uh, that's a big, that's a big thing. Do you want to, right. do you want to hit that a little bit? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think ultimately, yes. But I think if you're talking like, you know, right out of the gate, no, because I don't, I do that business-wise too. You know, if I have, if I have something on the table though, it's face down because you know what? You don't want that constant distraction of ping, ping, ping. Hope it's on silent or at least something popping up on that. Um, boy, you know, that you're right. I guess that can go dark in a hurry of what are your disclosure things? Who are you? I just look at it as like, I want to be present in the moment on that. I think later on, sure. You know, um, if they're so guarded with that, you know, and, and look, I've, I've 
I've done everything with that. So yes, that's part of it. You know, don't look at my phone. It's bullshit right there. I'm sorry. If, um, if someone won't grant access, not access, but if they hide that, no, that's, that's a problem. But I'm saying, if you're talking about the manners right there at the beginning, yes, they need to be present with you right there in that moment. So let's talk about, uh, you know, you're out on the date and how somebody is with the people, not just the people around them with you or whoever else may be around them, but the servers, like that's a, that is a red flag, right? How, how they treat the, I don't want to say the help, the servers, the people that are loving on them. Yeah. I mean, come on. You want somebody that's like nice to animals, small children and the elderly and other people. I mean, that's just it. Don't be a, don't, you know, and this is, that's not gender specific, but especially, you know, just treating people with kindness. I mean, I think that's part of it right there. You're going to be able to tell if someone, let's talk about this on how they speak to other people and how they speak to you. Are they treating you with kindness, respect, deference, everybody, regardless, or are they trying to posture? That's it. Because again, like I said, if you hate what's going on right now or in the first one, two, three times, you're really going to hate it in three months. Mm-hmm. That didn't get better. And why, you know, how they speak to, to other people, to servers, to everybody else. But it's also, uh, and this is one thing that I, I have on the list is how do they, do they talk over you? Do they let you finish? Do they ask, actually ask questions yes. of you? This, these are huge. I think more so than manners, this right now will tell you how that person communicates and respect you and your opinions and thoughts. Now, and I'm not talking about, tell me about yourself, because everybody says the same BS stuff, of like, oh, well, I, I went to UT and I did this. And I'm talking about when you're actually giving an opinion or something that's thoughtful, do they listen? Do they lean in? Do they ask follow-up questions? Or are they just on autopilot scripting the next thing that they're going to say and really don't hear a damn thing that you're saying? And or are they talking over you? Are they being condescending? Um, are they kind of, you know, well, you really don't think that, do you? You know, or giving you parenting advice or work advice or things like that. You know, it's too early for that stuff. Um, it's just a mutual respect. I mean, what you're looking at is a tennis match. It's a yin and yang. It's a back and forth. And that's it. And if they're being present and actually listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth, engaged and giving it back to you, that is something you go, that's, that's, that's enticing. That's sexy. That's just being a good human. And that's someone you actually want to invest in and spend a little more time with. Yeah, it should be a two-way conversation. So I know so often people get on these first dates, especially, and they're trying to put their best foot forward. And so they're trying to show off and talk about themselves. And a lot of times you can go overboard on that in the sense that you're just talking about yourself the whole entire time. I cannot tell you the amount of dates and it, it doesn't matter whether it's men or women, uh, equally guilty on the sexes, uh, where oh. one will just talk about themselves the whole time. And like the women or the man afterwards will say, they never asked me one question. You know, I, I, ha- I replied because I agreed and told them something about me that related to what they were saying, but they never asked me a question. Oh. Ask questions, be interested. Your job on a first date, second date, and third date and beyond always and forever is to continue getting to know that person and be interested in who they are. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And one thing along those lines I think is so critical is, and this is for everybody, okay? But I think it speaks to whether that person is a keeper. And this is is gender specific, not gender specific, is what do we tend to do at a certain age or certain stage of life? You know, you're telling about yourself, but inevitably it goes down the path of, you talk about how you got here. If you're divorced in Dallas or your ex or whatever, and so you end up telling the whole sad sack story and wasting half your good opportunity about the, you know, the whole, you know, how crappy they are or how it was such a bad thing because you want to know how long you've been divorced. Also, you know what? I, I, that sets such a horrible tone for anything. Um, so you need to know that stuff, but I, I challenge people say, Hey, you know what? We can get to all that stuff, but right now we'll get to know you, who you are as a person. We can talk all about other stuff right now. And if they're, and, and if they are going overboard on that one bad sign, horrific sign, r- giant red flag, because they're not, you know, if, if, if you're inviting, I call it a virtual three-way, you know, if you're inviting some third party in there, that X or whatever to part of your conversations, the first day, I guarantee you, you're going to have problems throughout because they can't get that out of their mind. And I think it sets a horrible tone 
right out of the gate, but you can tell a lot of those things. It, you know, I do think that you can't ignore that though. I'm a big believer in being authentic. So you do want to at least have something prepared on how to talk about your previous relationships. Like I do go over that with my matchmaking clients right. once I know their history. Like this is this is how you present it, you know, your elevator speech for your for that right. so that you've given a little bit, you've given enough for them to know your history and a little bit about you, but right. more to come later. We don't want to be dumping yes. on our first date and uh, and I know that does happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to hear the bad stories. Oh my God, I've sat in situations where I'm like, I, you know, I, you should give me 200 bucks for a therapy session after this. Jesus, right? Right. I mean, I'm not your junior therapist here. So you're right though. It's gotta be a little bit of a pitch. Hey, here's enough, here's the story. I'm not withholding anything, um, but you don't need the full kimono on, on the whole deal right out of the gate. So let's, I, let's, yeah. let's kind of roll on uh, for timing reasons. I, I wanna get to also, when we've met somebody like, and we're in starting a relationship or in a relationship with them because there are red flags there too. Uh, you know, but I didn't want to miss this one that you had brought up on your list, uh, when you're dating somebody. So yeah. you're in conversation and there's a lot of innuendos, a lot of sexual innuendos in the conversation and yeah. you may lead them back away from it, but it keeps coming back. So let's talk about that agenda. Well, I think, you know, I think it depends on how you feel about that. I don't think there's a there's a, a black or white blanket statement. If there is some sort of flirtatious chemistry, some sort of sexual chemistry, innuendo, whatever, and it can be on both parties, you know, hopefully people have enough EQ and are savvy enough to be able to determine what's going down. And at that point, you know, you're a grown ass adult. You can even figure out, hey, it, I'm interested, you're gonna lean into it, you're gonna play and banter back and forth, or you're gonna shut it down. And I think if you're something you're not interested in and they go that route, I think there's also, and this is for guys, there has to be some nuance to this, okay? I mean, be a gentleman. You can, you know, you, you, I could describe the most, the most overt thing in the world and still be a gentleman about it without having to say it, okay? Yeah, but, and, if, but if all the conversation keeps going back to sex, he's probably, that's probably what he's interested in. It's okay oh, if he's made some, you know, there's there's some sexy gestures or comments made that in, that would involve a you know something relationally or you know something tasteful as you said, respectful. Right. But if it's just sexual innuendos, uh, or, you know, or well, or I mean, read, read the room, yeah. And, and if that's the case, read the room. And if that's uh, um, again, if that's your bag and you get that green light, that's on you. If it is not, then um, you can either choose to ignore that or you, you say, hey, you know, you, you can, one, there's nothing wrong early, you know, and if you were talking about early on, I guess, I mean, you know, fairly in, into it, um, yeah, nothing wrong with shutting that down, you know, at all. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong, any, anything wrong with that. I think guys need to be a little more uh, adept at reading things rather than just being a blunt force instrument. Right. You know, uh, it just made me think that the next show that I want to do, because all these things keep coming to me, and I'm like, nope, it's not related. But I do feel like there needs to be some guidelines. And I know, ladies, you would love it if we did a show on how to let a guy know you're interested and put your best foot forward on a first date, like a first date or two as well. Because I think there's some really, as you're bringing up these points, I'm thinking there's things that need to be happening too uh, that, you know, ensure also that you're evaluating it correctly as well. Because uh, Bradley, you and I had talked about that whole idea of feeling somebody out for who they are. And, and I think the touch thing, and I know that could lead into a other conversation, which is what I'm talking yeah. about, but you know, there needs to be something you don't, you don't necessarily want to sit next to a woman. Like if you're in a booth, if you're at a bar, it's fine. But if you're at a booth on your first date, sit across from her. She wants you to look in her eyes. She doesn't want you all over her and have that uncomfortable, like you're in my space thing. Yeah. Um, but there should be some kind of touch, you know, little touches, right? Not sexual in nature mm -hmm. on a first date, but there should be something if the guy's interested, right? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think proximity is a big thing with, with that. Um, you know, and it goes back to what we said about making a plan. Plan something where you can either have that proximity and, um, and also have that ability to actually speak. Right. I mean, that, that's really it. <laughs> and 
not much more difficult than that, yet we make it difficult. Uh, so much so. And that's, that is the other thing, too, is people getting in their heads because this is pretty simple stuff. Okay, so let's talk about how to know if a guy's a keeper once you've uh, gone out with them a few times, you start dating them, or you start, you're in, enough into the relationship where you're starting to see patterns. And, you know, the one, the one that came up first was uh, somebody who disappears, who just like, it's not that they're ghosting you, but they just disappear for lengths of time and then show back up. And some of these people, Bradley, some guys will disappear for days. I mean, I will hear from women that will say that a guy, they've gone out on a date with them or two dates with them, and then he won't text her or call her for a few days. Like, what are you thinking, guys? Ladies, get rid of that guy. That's not a guy you keep. I don't have to tell you that, but you... Good women don't wait around for a man like that. If he can't be consistent with his effort toward you, he's out. No, ab absolutely. And I think with that, though, um, you know, he just needs to communicate it. That, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, the, uh, it, when in doubt, over-communicate. It's like, hey, I have a really big three or four days coming up. You know, probably not going to hear from me for then. And if they do, it's a pleasant surprise to give a purchase at that point. But I think that... Um, the, the, the absence of communication in, and even, you know, telling what the ex, laying the expectations. I think that's where many, so many problems are is just, um, not laying out the expectations. That's it. And they can be as simple as, you know, Hey, I have something going on and you're probably not going to hear from me for a couple of days. Um, people can, people are grownups. They can understand and respect that, but it's this absence, this void, this vacuum that just drives people crazy what? and is disrespectful. If you don't mind, I'm going to jump in there. And so we have, you know, he said, she said, right? I agree with you. I think anybody that needs to be attached to the hip and can't let go if something's going on, there's a problem. But I also feel like it only takes a second, even if you, you know, it's one thing if you're going to be on a plane flying out of the country and you're going to be, you know, out of pocket for 24 hours, uh, that makes perfect sense that you can't communicate but no matter what's going on in your life, there's always a moment for, a, you know, I'm thinking about you message or, you know, a heart or, you know what I mean? Like we, oh, we've yeah. got, we've got shortcuts in our life now with these text messages yep. and phones. It's not that hard to stay in touch and yeah. people don't be so codependent that you can't let somebody go. If they've got work or they've got family situations or a busy schedule, respect that. Don't be yeah. so needy that you can't allow space and freedom because that would be a huge red flag for anybody, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, what I was referencing there in the first part there was if you're early on, I mean like super, super early on, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but look, once you're together, and you're kind of still feeling it out, but you're still together. Yes. Yeah. I am. I am a giant constant contact guy. You know, I do. I like that. I like the, Hey, good morning. I like the, you know, just an emoji throughout the day. Hey, just thinking about you. What? It doesn't have to be war and peace. I don't have to write a damn novel. Right. But I like that. And I agree with you. I mean, and if you're, if you guys are wired that way, I think going without some sort of connection point, once you're together and you're still feeling it out, we're talking like after three dates, you know, to three months, whatever. But I mean, yeah. I think that type of thing is is critical, and if it's important to you, I think it goes back to expectations. And ladies, you know, Bradley is a hundred percent correct. You've got to communicate with with a guy if that's important to you. Tell him. Don't expect him to read your mind or to know your communication style. Mm -hmm. You know, you've you've got. 40 or 50 years of experience and so does he in different worlds and in different relationships and sometimes it is a matter of learning each other and that's the best that is one of the best things about my job as a matchmaker is i'm in the middle so sometimes if let's just say that is a guy's a bad communicator and she's like well i haven't heard from him he hasn't you know asked me out again I can go to that guy and go, listen, I know you think you're a great communicator, but you're not doing the right thing here. This is what she needs. This is what she wants. So if you're interested in pursuing her, this is what you need to do, you yep. know, at least right now. And then talk about it. So when you're together, have the conversation when it's not a problem, when it's not a crisis, when you're not ticked off because somebody hasn't done something right, oh, yeah. uh, have the conversation about how you all communicate. It, it matters. Oh, 100%. Ladies, here's how you get that done, okay? Here, here. let me tell you exactly. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom here on how you can get, you know, I hate the word train. I, I, I recoil, any man will recoil at that. 
or even teach you. And there's a way to say this. You want to, if you want to reinforce behavior with a guy, two things. Secretly, if they're really into you, they'll want to make you happy. You don't need, you know, they'll want to. They, they will want, men will run through a damn brick wall for the right woman if they're into it. And all they need is some little course correction. But the way to do that is not by course correcting. It's by positive reinforcement. And that is simply that small touch or, or reinforcement of, you know what, that meant so much to me. That really made me happy. I thought that was pretty special. That made me feel great. If, I, I, if I, I you're hearing that as a guy, that is reinforcement of like, oh my God, I, I'll give her more of that. I'll double down and triple down on that behavior right there. Positive reinforcement. It goes a really, really long way. Uh, you know, it, I always say this and I'll say it again. Men really just want to make us happy, ladies. If we could just show them how and tell them how, they want to make us happy. So you have to communicate too. Uh, that, so, yeah. Yeah, that has 10x more value than telling them what they did wrong. Exactly. Or what they need to do. Well, we, if you tell a man what he needs to do, you know, what he needs to do is find another person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nobody wants that girl. Uh, okay. So, you know, one of the things we had mentioned too is really important in deciding whether or not he's a keeper is seeing where he is, you know, in, in life. And is he really emotionally ready and available or are you a placeholder? And we talked about the placeholder. This is a big deal. I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let you handle the placeholder conversation. Not cool. Not cool at all. Um, <laughs> get out of my head. Um, yeah, I think it's important. I think that's, that's a critical thing to have those conversations. Um, they, they are going deeper and deeper and deeper the further you go. But I think it's important to know, Hey, kind of, where are you right now? Where, where are you right now? What stage of life? And, and there's ways to ask this too. Okay. But you need to be you know, similarly equally yoked. No one is ever on the same exact page. It's never 50, 50, but you need to kind of figure out where are you in your life right now? Where are you with, with anything? And that means if something is, hey, where, how far out of a divorce are they? How far are they outside of a relationship? Are they still dealing with the relationship? Are they dealing with something that um, a loss of a parent? It, you know, the, the big stuff that is going to find out, hey, are they in the game or not? And you know what? They don't have to be in the game because you might not be in the game. That, that's another important thing. Not everybody is always, oh, my God, it's this and we're looking for the, the, the next Mrs. Richardson right now. No, sometimes it's a, hey, you know what? I just, you know, I'm here. I'm here and I'm experiencing this. Sometimes it's like, no, I'm looking for a partner. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with purpose and intent. And I think that's more of that communication that you need to have those conversations. Um, you know, and they go, you know, that's not a day. You need to have an idea, on, you know, the first couple, but I don't think you need to go in depth. But at some point pretty early on, you need to find out, hey, tell me where I'm catching you. And that's how I like to frame it. Tell me where I'm catching you in your life right now. Well, that's what do you mean? I mean, question. where are you with relationships, with raising your kids, with, you know, work? With and anything. if they can't answer those questions, they're not there. Absolutely. If they look it, at you with a blank stare, they're not there. And, I, you know, if you don't mind me calling you boys out, uh, you know, guys tend to move from relationship to relationship. And that's where a, a new woman might become a placeholder. So, ladies, you might be ready for a relationship he, he's already trained up. He's just gotten out of one. So he knows how to do it. You get it, Bradley. He knows how to do it. He stepped in at the right time. You're in very different places though. And so you need to pay attention to what Bradley just said. And you're asking those questions. It's okay to ask those questions to gauge where he is because better that you know upfront that you're, that he may not be ready before you start investing your heart and getting attached. Oh, right completely and yeah. guys and and women okay but guys especially the the most manly thing you can do the most gentlemanly the most manly the most alpha thing you can do is to to nut up quite frankly and tell them okay don't game it don't game it you know if you know hey i'm i'm not boyfriend material right now then say that because i guarantee you one that's just the right thing to do she'll respect it and in a weird, twisted way, it, you know, and it's not why you do it, but it's just, it's just bizarre because people lean in even more than, 
because you're just being truly authentic and real and honest about it right there. And you set the expectations. And ladies are completely nodding their head, Bradley, with that, because it, it at least it's honest and it gives somebody something to work with, right? Where if somebody is ready to invest their heart and soul, you've at least been honest as to where you are. And yeah. sure, it could make somebody lean in further. And that's not always a healthy pattern, a by point. the way. No. But uh-huh. but at least it allows you to move at the same pace. If you know where they are and you know what the expectations are, then yeah. it allows you to decide whether you want to move forward or not. Because who wants to wait another five years or two years or six months or whatever it's going to take that person? Typically, if you're a placeholder, ladies, you're not going to be in that place in a six months. You know, placeholders are temporary. Well, and that doesn't mean that he's out, you know, hooking up with everything in Dallas. No. You know, I mean, th- these could be real, real you know, emotional, um, life, logistical, you know, mental reasons, you know, any number of things. So it's not just like, oh, I'm just playing the field. It's nothing like that. But I think that that is just, um, that's just the right thing to do. Okay, there's two more points I want to get to and we're running out of time, so we're going to get it. So the one thing we talked about with, do your kids, do your family, and do your friends like them? That is something really important to pay attention to when deciding whether to keep them. Now, having said that, I'm just going to jump in really quick before Bradley starts on that with what his opinion is. Don't ask your unhealthy friends. Don't ask your bitter girlfriends if you like a guy that's being amazing because I hate to say it, there's plenty of times that women will be jealous that you found a great guy. And so they'll find something wrong with him. So you have to be careful who you ask, but the people that love you, your really good friends, your family, uh, you know, ask them how they feel, what their opinion is, what their thoughts are, because they, they see things from the outside and they're not emotionally entangled. Exactly. Um, you're going to find out pretty quick and they, they may or may not tell you, um, but you're going to find out and you're going to find out by, um, how your friends and the people you trust respond to them, whether they do anything with you. Um, you know, if the people you trust the most have a weird feeling and, and give them that latitude to, to tell you. I remember one of my, many years ago, one of my, one of my best friends there in Dallas, um, all my friends hated this woman, okay? Stunning. I was so, I had such blinders on. I'm like, oh my God, she's hot. She's exotic and blah, 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 blah. She was a biatch. Horrible, horrible to humans, okay? And to me, but I was just you know, <laughs> over it. And one of my best friends, he says to me, he goes, A, we don't like her. We, we get it. We get why you're with her, but we don't like her. We don't like how she treats you. And you need to come up, you need to determine if it's worth knowing that none of your friends will ever want to go on a date or a couple's date with you all. And I'm like, wow, okay. That was a big one. They were right. Um, the other one is your kids. Your kids... No. Okay. And, um, there's a, again, it's a hard depending on their age too, but I know my, my daughter, when she was a teenager, she met, she met someone and she was like, no, absolutely not. And, and, um, she was like, you can go out with her and do your thing all you want, but she doesn't need to be family. This is not, no. And that was a big deal. Because they, they sensed something. They knew something. Because here's the deal. Those people, your friends and family that, that you love and trust the most, they know you. Okay? They know you. And they can tell. And this is where it all comes to. They can tell if you are your, being your most authentic, best, shiny self with that individual or not. And they can also tell if they bring out the best in you and how they are treating you and whether it's genuine and authentic. Right. And and again, like he just said, you find people that have your best interests at heart, the people that love you, they're not going to give you bad advice. If they love you, they want what's best for you. Listen to them. Uh, okay. And last but not least, I mean, we had some other things, but I wanted to not miss this one. You know, the, the whole idea of being equally yoked, we need to look at that. We need to be able to evaluate that from the beginning uh, in a new partnership and in a new relationship. So this kind of, this goes, this can, this goes from first dates to the beginning of a relationship is trying to see if you're equally yoked in, in many areas with commonalities, lifestyle values, um, you know, uh, uh, sexuality, all of that. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. Bradley's got a strong yes. Let's go. What do you, what do you got? Well, no, I mean, we, you know, we, you know, again, you and I, you and I have had a lot of conversations about every, everything. And this is a big topic about being equally yoked. I, I think you need to, be, and again, I know I've said this probably three times now, but it's so damn important. You know, people can evolve and change, but there are th things that are important to you. And just as, as you mentioned, Jen, if it is religion, spirituality, um, introvert, extrovert, health, politics, whatever it is, and sexuality, you need to be in the same ballpark. You know, you know, at least the same zip code. Okay, you don't need to be right in the same neighborhood there. And if you are, fantastic. Okay, but I, as I said, if you don't like it in the beginning, you're really going to hate it down the road. And I think it's important to know those things and to be honest with yourself. Okay, <laughs> there's a difference in, in feeling it out. Hey, well, here's what I like, what I need, whatever. In any any of these things, then there's there's a the reality of going you're just different you know and i can't i can't i cannot live with that um you know whether they like to go whether they like country music or not that's minor okay you have your core things that you actually know are deal breakers and um it, i think that's critical and, and i think you know, if you don't mind i'm gonna i'm gonna pop in at this point because i agree with you and i think how do you know that when you're talking about the things that really matter to you, the things that are important to you, the things that you're passionate about, if they can't get equally as passionate and be able to have that dialogue with you about whatever it is, whether it be work, whether it be whatever it is, if they can't go there with you, that's going to be a red flag. You're going to have to make some decisions whether this is something long-term, because if you can't get on the same page with the big things, the big things it's not going to work long term. And yeah. I really feel like, and you know, it's, this has been such an amazing discussion. I love our conversations, but it, it's great because the more information you have up front, the more information you're taking in, the more uh, discerning you're being, the more you're going to be able to make good decisions for you because so many people make excuses for people and stay way too long in relationships than they should and give people way too much of a benefit of a doubt. Well, maybe this and maybe that. You need to know what you want. You need to know what you need. You need to communicate that. And once it's communicated, if you're not getting it, you need to cut that loose regardless of how, as Bradley said, how great it looks, right? Or how great it feels. It, you know what's best for you long term, and you can't compromise on the big things. All right. Uh, in closing, that was my closing. Uh, in closing for this, uh, Bradley, uh, how to know if if a guy is a keeper? What would your closing remarks be? Since we have about a minute left. Um, I, I we just touched on it a second ago, and I really believe that. Are you? your happiest, most authentic, most genuine self around that person? Do you feel most comfortable being you with that person? Or are you, and you, only you know that, only you know that by looking in the mirror and, you know, feeling, there's the difference between feeling sticky and passionate and lit up versus no, I feel my most true to myself right now. And what I, I a question I ask people, you know, I did when I was a headhunter, I do it in this type of thing as well. And you can ask your friends, say, hey, you know, when have you seen me shine? And that's it. That's really it. And I, lo I look at that as, do you, do your friends, do people around you, do the servers when they come and go, God, you're such a cute couple. God, I just love looking at you guys. Yeah, that, that right there, hang on to that stuff. Okay. That, that's the good stuff to know if he's, he or she's a keeper. Okay. The other stuff, you know, there, there, there are some big rocks to cover. But do you shine when you're with that person? If not, you know, doesn't, the other stuff, you know, that's periphery. doesn't matter. I so. love that. I absolutely, absolutely love that. Uh, so uh, I know you all enjoyed the conversation. I, I have been watching the feedback here uh, on uh, Facebook and everybody loves the Everybody loves the conversation. One thing I will tell you is Bradley will be back. So I want to talk about, uh, you know, the ladies and, and give some pointers for the ladies for, uh, you know, not just from a keeper standpoint, but how to how to also present yourself to be a keeper, a, a, you know, somebody that a guy would 
would want to keep. And there are, I mean, there are things and from a guy's perspective and, uh, and that would not involve you changing who you are, by the way, <laughs> uh, just right. so you know, but, uh, we will come back with that conversation. Uh, Bradley, I know you had put together some notes somewhere. Do you want to share that information? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this, this comes from something that I created long, long ago. Um, and it was a course for, for women, but how to get your guy to open up. And this is a, this whole topic was a small piece of that, but, um, and that's what Jen and I talked about and it came from, but if you would like a copy of this list, it's a pretty extensive list. Uh, and we touched on some of these things. If you'd like a copy of that, we can send that to you. Just go to bradleyrichardson.com slash open up. So bradleyrichardson.com slash open up. Love it. And, and put your email in and uh, we'll get that out to you. Love it. Well, thank you for doing that for everybody. Uh, and I know the ladies will appreciate it. And we so much appreciate the honest, authentic conversation. Uh, this is this is what people need to hear uh, as we're moving forward in, uh, in 2021 with our new dating shoes on, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, I will see you all uh, next week. And remember, we've got uh, the launch of Match Made in Dallas coming too. So we're super excited about that. Uh, be looking on social media for more about that and the launch date. Uh, it'll be Valentine's Day, I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, y'all have a great week. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today and please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.